today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, When You're Alone. Hey everybody, and welcome to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. It is the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every single Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order, one at a time, from the beginning to the end. We do them all. I'm JB Clark. I'm joined as always by Rob Carmack. Rob, how are you doing today? JB, I'm feeling a little alone. How are you? And you know, I've noticed that when you're alone, you're alone. That's, you know what? That's a really good point. No one's ever quite put it yeah. that way to me before. But yeah, when, when, really? you're, when no you're alone, one? you're alone. Yeah. It's like when you're you know, hungry, you're hungry. I hate to name drop. Tom Hanks told me it's not cool to name drop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I stole that joke. <laughs> I stole that joke from someone who stole it from someone else. That's a good job. Uh, anyway, I hate the name drop, but Bruce Springsteen once said that very thing to me. When you're alone, yeah, you're alone. I think I once heard somebody make that joke, except instead of Tom Hanks, they said Bono. Like, uh, yeah. I was talking to Bono the other day, and he was telling me how obnoxious it is when people name drop. <laughs> it's such a good joke. Yeah, it is, it's a great joke. <laughs> oh, I love jokes that are commentaries on themselves. I think that's the uh, uh, that's the best thing in the world. Definitely. That like, if you tell my wife a joke that is a commentary on itself, she will just like lock up and like laugh so hard she panics. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, that's her like her sweet spot. I'll I'll save them up, and every now and then I'll just like toss two at her in one afternoon. Oh, and she just she just looks at me uh, the way. That uh, Daenerys Targaryen looks at those dragon eggs. It's just, it's, it's great. Like a, I don't, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so that she looks at them like she's hungry for she, an omelet. She, uh, she loves her dragons. Well, I, I was about to say this lady lo- looks at these avocados because there's this picture of Daenerys Targaryen holding the big brown dinosaur egg, which looks like an avocado, and it says, "Man, I would want somebody who." loves me as much as these or looks at me the way this hipster chick looks at her avocado (laughs) (laughs) but then i realized like that joke doesn't translate at all through the microphone (laughs) no so i told a different joke that doesn't translate as that translates a little bit better but not much at all and then i explained it and that brings us to um what about two and a half minutes into this podcast uh you're all caught up (laughs) welcome (laughs) Uh, so we're talking about when you're alone. Today. Yes, we are. When you're alone is a tunnel love track released on the 1987 record Tunnel of Love. Uh, you got any more basic facts for us? <laughs> well, yeah, this is our final Tunnel of Love track, by the way. Once Whoa. once this episode is over, we're done with that that album. We're really shutting stuff down this week. We really are. Well, and um, the, that's the crazy thing is like we 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 just went through like a heavy rotation of Tunnel of Love songs and we just burned them all right off and this is it this is we're done after this one so um, so yeah this is the final Tunnel of Love song this is um, the second to last track which we'll talk about why that is significant in a minute but the song has been played live twelve times exactly and the most recent performance of the song was October the twentieth two thousand five in. I think the I think the correct pronunciation of this town is Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, yeah, Worcester, Worcester. Uh, playing this song in Worcester. We've done six Tunnel of Love songs since uh, the middle of March. Yeah, man. We I mean we really came at Tunnel since, of Love heavy in the in the latter half of the alphabet. So uh, almost exactly three months ago, we've done six. That's two a month. That's crazy. So we um so yeah, the most recent performance is October the twentieth, two thousand five, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester on the hey. uh, on the Devils and Dust tour. Yes. 
sorry, I, I, I'm really pumped right now. Uh, Need to go to the bathroom. The future me is pumped right now. Guys, tweeted us your reactions to Western Stars. JB, from the past, is jealous of you for having heard this right now because we record these in advance. Anyway, sorry. Worcester. Yeah. So that was <laughs> apropos of nothing. I just, I'm sorry. I you just, know what that was? I'm that was like when one of my kids, that, that was like when I'm in the middle of, <laughs> when I'm in the middle of doing something that requires an, a great deal of attention. And one of my kids comes in and asks me, hey, have you heard this song? And then they hum a song and I say no. And they say, okay. And then they leave again. And I'm like, that had nothing to do with anything. No one was talking about that. So, I'm just yeah, pumped that, about Western Stars. And I know that everyone listening to this right now will have heard the whole record and I haven't yet. Look, so I'm telling them, please just tweet at me. We are going to get to every song on Western Stars. I promise. We're okay, going to yeah, do it. But we haven't, and I want to do them all now. I want to do them all right now. We can't. I'm a seven. I'm a seven on the Instagram. I know you are. I, yeah. I, I, I know you get everything. You pile your entire plate at the buffet line. But here's mm. the thing. We're only here to talk about when you're alone right now. So I am alone, and I haven't heard Western Stars yet. Yes. Please don't leave me alone on this podcast to talk about when you're alone by myself. So. <laughs> to talk about when you're alone by myself. That's right. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting sentence. It's a doozy of a sentence. So anyway, as I was saying, the most recent performance, October the twentieth, two thousand five, in Massachusetts, on the Devils and Dust tour. It was played a handful of times on that tour. And actually, I have a show from that tour in Columbus, Ohio, where Bruce plays the song, and it's it's good. I really like the Devils and Dust rendition of the song. He also played it awesome. a bunch. What? I bet the Devils and Dust rendition is awesome. It's very good. Yeah. I bet I would love a Devils and Dust rendition of the entire Tunnel of Love like, record. There's a lot of you, – you can't get all of them, but there's a bunch. Like you, you could make your own Tunnel of Love, like an acoustic Tunnel of Love version from the Devils and Dust shows, the Ghost of Tom Joad shows, and the uh, the two L.A. shows that, that he did in 1990. Um, but like you could probably get most of it, if not all of it, like like that. Um, and so he, yeah, so he played it a bunch, this song, a bunch on the 1996 Ghost of Tom Joad tour. So the song has only been played, again, 12 times and net, was not played on the Tunnel of Love Express tour, only on the 96, 2005 solo acoustic tours. Um, so those are, those are the basic facts of this song. Now let's talk a little music. Like we said, it's a Tunnel of Love song. Chuck Plotkin is the producer. It has that Tunnel of Love kind of sensibility to it. And what do you hear, JB? Do you hear Western well, Stars when you listen to this? I don't. I don't. But do you want to talk about Western Stars some... some more? Wait, stop. Stop talking. Do you want to talk about Western Stars some more? Oh, I got it all out. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I got it all out before it was my turn to talk. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. I'm just glad you were able to do that. I'm glad uh, that we were all here for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Look, we talked about this earlier. That's a part of my disease, and I would love it if you didn't poke fun at me about it. You know, hey, I take medicine for it. I'm not poking fun. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure that you you were all done. You had all the Western stars out of your system for today, so that we can concentrate on when you're alone. I didn't want you to feel like you you'd gone too fast, and we'd had to like you know change the subject, even though like the episode of this podcast requires that we change the subject. You know, I didn't want to. Didn't want to. You know, you, you follow your journey, JB, is what I'm saying. When I use words like concentrate in a sort of condescending way, it really it really gets at me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Do you we feel- had like a 15 minute conversation before we started recording this episode about my ADD, which <laughs> is perfect. Gonna, you were like, because right you were like, man, my Adderall's wearing off. 
<laughs> and so we started recording. And and, like, I didn't know you take Adderall. <laughs> yeah, I just started this year. I'm really good at focusing. Okay, great. So here we are talking about when you're little. Oh my God, Western Stars! You guys, Western Stars is coming out soon. Everybody who's listening has heard of Western Stars. I yeah, did I, tell I you we're though, talking about when you're little. Yeah, we're talking about Western Stars. I'm really good well, at concentrating on the Western thought that stars. I'm having. <laughs> and so I was thinking about Western Stars when we started this episode, and I did concentrate on it. I concentrated on that thought, and I did a good job concentrating on that thought. Now, that wasn't our our collective goal, and so I really flubbed that. Look. I goofed that up. That was on me. I'm not trying that to was be on Eeyore me. to your Tigger here. I'm just saying, like, we, you know, <laughs> or the Bert to your Ernie, as it were, because that's the Tigger is a wonderful been. thing to be. I know. Because the wonderful thing about Tigger is I'm the only one. Anyway. We're, so we're talking about When You're Alone. And uh, there's some really nice, like, weirdly affected lead guitar on the song. It almost sounds like an acoustic run through, like, some pedals. Yeah. Uh, some effects pedals. It's just full in a way that electrics aren't um, sometimes. Uh, and then the bass and the synth and the drums are real on par for Tunnel of Love. A little more subtle than a lot of the other tracks, but they're they're doing Tunnel of Love stuff for sure. But I think the thing that stands out the most to me, and most of this really doesn't stand out a whole lot from the rest of the record. Um, I like the melody. It starts off a little more country than some of this record does. Like we were talking about last episode, there's some some nice country elements to the some of this record, and, and he really leans into that at the beginning of this. But the harmonies on when he sings When You're Alone, You're Alone, those harmonies are very nice. And that that's like a standout moment on the song and the record, I think, as a whole. Well, and that's uh, the, the background vocals that you're hearing there are Nils Lofgren and Patty Scalfa, who recorded theirs together, like in, um, the, in the studio together. Also, Clarence Clemens is credited with background vocals here, but there's some debate as to whether or not he's even included in the mix at all. Like, you can, if, if you can hear him, you have the best hearing ever because it's very difficult to, to hear him if, if he's even there at all. So, so yeah, yeah, I the, don't, I don't necessarily hear him on those. I don't. I don't think he's in the mix. I. I, th- I think uh, he recorded background vocals and he's credited with it, but it, I, I can't hear it. But, um, but yeah, what you're hearing though is Nils and Patty singing harmonies together as the for the BGVs under Bruce. And you're right; it, it sounds really good. Their their voice, Nils and Patty's voices, blend really nicely together. Yeah, they both have like a uh, a lot of vibrato, uh, and that I think that it really blends instead of clashing here. Mm-hmm. I yeah, love uh, Nils's voice too. His some of his solo stuff is just awesome. I think he could have been comparably as famous as he is now. Could have been one of the greats. At, I don't necessarily know that. I think that, but I'm. I think that like I think that Little Steven and the Disciples of Soul would have been fame, like pretty famous, but not as famous as Little Steven is as a member of the E Street Band. And that band is as a result of that. I think that Nils' solo stuff could have probably gotten him about. You know what I'm saying? Like, about as much notoriety. Yeah. Uh, It's just really good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's hard to say, too. I mean, because Nils Nils is a professional wingman. You know, I mean, he he came in and he he starts playing with Bruce after he already had a pretty successful run playing with Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Yeah. So, like, he's, he's, he's famous for being the guy who makes the main guy look good. And, and little Steven also sort of has that same sort of quality. And, it's very good at it. They're both they're both very good at it. They really are. Yeah, they're they're really good sidekicks. And and that that said, each of them, like you said, has a career in their own right, and they they both make really interesting music. Um, but I, I think you're right. I, I think there's there there is something to their dynamic with Bruce, each of them on their own, um, that is 
that is uniquely great to each of them. Yeah. Uh, and Nils has a really nice voice. Yeah, he does. Uh, as to Spatting, and their voices blend really well. And at the end, uh, the vocals, I mean, the harmonies, when they all come up, it's really, really nice. But, um, yeah, the whole thing's great. Uh, what do you think musically? Do you hear anything that I didn't mention? I, I didn't talk a whole bunch about it because most of it we've really hashed out with just sort of general Tunnel of Love stuff already. Um, anything else that you hear? I, I, I really like the melody. And it yeah. has and it has a pretty straightforward chorus, and so that gives you sort of like sonically that gives you kind of a a thing to keep returning to. Um, yeah, it's a, it's something you don't get a lot from Bruce, which is kind of a nice. It's the thing you like about Bruce is that he doesn't necessarily always have a standard, you know, intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Yeah, even but though, when but, he does when, when he does it's sort of a breath, you know. Yeah, well, and he, even even though the chorus is really just one line repeated over and over again, but um, but it's right. still it. It functions as a chorus, like like melodically and sonically, it it works the same way as a chorus. Uh, yeah, I, I I think this is a very pretty song. I really like it. I like its placement on this album and um, thematically, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, thematically, it's good, but also musically, like the the last two songs on this album are "When You're Alone" and "Valentine's Day," which are both really like like they're not upbeat. These are not cheery songs, and and so it really this song compared and contrasted with Valentine's Day is the two final tracks on the album. I think really those two those two songs have a lot to say about what's going on here, and and sonically, I, I think the the way it sounds has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I don't really you know I, I can't really comment on like the instrumentation though. Um, I honestly think the melody the the melody harmonies in the song could could fit on top of you could not change them at all and fit them into into five or six different you know genres of of band mix. And and you would still get a really great song, um, yeah. But but the way the way it is you know played out here is, is nice, and it fits the you know the record, the vehicle that it had to come out on. So so uh, I'm super good with that. Good. But I, I I think you could take out the synth, throw in a steel guitar, and an organ, and um, like a pedal steel, and, and I think it would be just as good of a song. And you wouldn't have to change the melody, you know? Yeah, totally. I think you're right. You like the bridge, the chords they're playing, and the bridge there on the synth. I mean, are sort of almost a sort of a pedal steel part. They like some of those minor changes. It's nice. The synth feels a lot more subtle here than it does on a lot of this record. Do you? Is that? Am I right on that? Uh, yeah, it, it fits into the mix a little bit better. I don't think like sonically it's more subtle, but I think that it it um kind of blend it fit, it fits into what's going on. It's more. not it's not as aggressive. I guess, as it is on like the title track or a couple of other songs on this record. Yeah, I mean like the depth of the uh of the you know, like the wow whams is still pretty it's still pretty open, but um but yeah, if it I think it's the kind of the, the changes, the, the the chord progressions it's doing kind of feel like a country song and that makes it um feel less like a synth pop song does that make sense yeah totally well and i mean we the last episode we talked about um when you need me and this song sonically this song has a little bit in common with that and i mean i like the song a lot more than i like when, when you need me but um but and you just mentioned sort of the country comparison too which we talked about in the last yeah episode. they occupy a very similar space like it, it's clear to me that like one of these made the record and one of these got cut yeah, well, and, and that probably has more to do with theme than it does with sound. Even though I think, again, I think the sound on this one is better. But probably it would not have surprised me if, in the alternate version, uh, in the alternate universe version of this 
of this album if this is if this slot is where when you need me showed up you know yeah well i mean like one's a better song than the other but also there's sort of like the the song that leans the most country on the whole record you don't want to have a bunch of these because it changes the feel of tunnel love as a whole so that's right bruce, yeah. bruce is probably thinking like all right so i really kind of want to do i've obviously been feeling the sort of country melody so i've got these two songs you know i think when you're alone is better than when you need me and i can only have one you know song on tunnel love that's got a country metal melody and starts with the words when you right so but uh, so i'm gonna go with when you're alone yeah but like thematically if bruce had just done the straightforward love song record this could never have shown you know like th- this could only end up on the version of tunnel of love that we got and not the like full of love songs album that he was oh, yeah, originally trying true. to make yes yeah, so well let's get into that this is sort of a uh, little bit of a sad song it's a very uh, sad it, song yeah it kind of sounds like a song that maybe bon jovi wrote before um <laughs> uh oh my gosh what's the name of that song johnny sue work the docks it's my life it's no oh. it's, not, it's my life <laughs> Uh, is it uh, living on a prayer? Yeah, living on a prayer. Uh, anyway, that took too long. Yeah. <laughs> we should have known it's that way off, right, right off the top. Like decades after living on a prayer. <laughs> yeah. Though I could see how it'd be like Johnny Silver because the dogs. You know what I'm It's my life. It's yeah. Like it. It could. You could make the jump as far as the melody goes. Well, they sense. Yeah, they're very similar. Um. And I think you ruined me now. Uh, every time I hear that, I'm going to jump to It's My Life when it gets stuck in my head. So Even Thanks. though that's funny because like, Living on a Prayer is an undeniably amazing rock and roll song. Like I really love that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, Bon Jovi gets a bad rap, but he's written a couple of just the most rock and roll. Uh, like You Give Love a Bad Name and Living on a Prayer. Like Those are rock and roll songs These, with like Rick. Yeah, the Slippery Wet and Wet album. That album is so good. It is a is a great '80s rock album, and and uh, I think jo- that, that could have been a great rock album, really in any almost any generation. Like the theme of it, if you just recorded it, those songs in that decade, it could have it could have come out. Like that song could have been a great '70s rock album had they been in the '70s. You know what I'm saying? If they took those songs and recorded them in the '70s, that would have been a great '70s rock album. It, it is. It is a great album. Like thematically, it's a rock and roll themed record. Yeah, and it's not. It, it's not Bon Jovi's fault that Bon Jovi got a bad rap. That's Jan Winner's fault that Bon Jovi ha, has has sort of been like well, like shelled in the second like, or third tier. You he's know. also like a hardworking band with beautiful feathered bangs. Everybody in the band. <laughs> yeah, but it, but like, he was he, trying to write straightforward rock songs in the '80s. You know what I'm saying? Like so. He wanted to be a straightforward rock and roll act, uh, and just the fact the fact that they were, were came of sort of age in the '80s made them an '80s hair metal band or hair rock band. So they got lumped in with those people, even though like personality wise, they're maybe not those people. But and, and yes, and then also yes, Jan Winner. Well, and that's the thing is like you, if you look at the Rolling Stone top five, so we just all of a sudden became a John bon jo- or a Bon Jovi podcast. But if Bond, uh, I mean. Bon 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 Jovi. <laughs> But if you look at the Rolling Stone 500 albums list, like Def Leppard is on there. Um, there's multiple Kiss albums on there. Like it's not like there wasn't room for Bon Jovi. You know, what I mean? like the only reason Slippery oh, When Wet yeah. is not on that album is because John Winner is a, dick, and that's it. And yeah, that is, uh, you know. Speaking I, of Def Leppard, my brother and I always joked about starting a Def Leppard cover band called Left Deppard. <laughs> oh, that's good. 
Ah, it's such a good name for a van. There's anyway, one that, there's one that tours and shows up around here every once in a while called Hysteria, and they're pretty good from what I nice. hear. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. We also want to start a uh, uh, early 2000s emo cover band called Taking Back Sunday from the people who originally took it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's not because you said, "Oh, that's funny." That's how you know it's not funny. <laughs> well, it's a, you know, it's a thinker. It's a it's a head scratcher. But you're right. You know, it's a, it, the joke is smarter than I am. You're good. I don't know. It's pretty. It's pretty on the nose. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about when you're alone, man. We, we're, we're talking about when you're alone. Sorry, we that was that was really great uh, Bon Jovi discussion. For more Bon Jovi discussion, you can listen to our podcast A Bon C. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Uh, which is not actually a podcast, but. Maybe it will be one day because I love Bon Jovi. Somebody needs to do a Bon Jovi podcast. That'd be worth it. Man, so good. His interview with Terry Gross on Fresh Air when he got inducted to the Hall of Fame was incredible. And they played some songs that he recorded way back in the day before he got big. And he was the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan. And he like his first EP is just him trying to write Bruce Springsteen songs. And they're awesome. They're just not necessarily his you know bag. But anyway... I don't know if I've said this. this. I'm pretty sure I said this before. The very first time I ever saw Bruce Springsteen live, John Bon Jovi showed up and like sang Glory Days with him during the encore. Oh, and it was awesome, wasn't it? Was it was so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. If you could say, like pick a song you want to see Bon Jovi sing with Bruce Springsteen, Glory Days. I want to see him sing Glory Days. Yeah, it was it was pretty great. Well, it just happened that like they were both on tour at the same time, and Bruce was playing Dallas on Sunday night, and Bon Jovi was playing it on Monday night. So he was in town. He just, he just happened to also be in Dallas. So can you? All right, so you're Bon Jovi. You're one of the most famous people in the world. Mm. You're playing in Dallas. It's sold out. You're gonna do you know you're like playing American Airlines. It's you know you know the venue is going to be good the staff's going to be good you can, you know it's going to be one of the easiest nights on the ch- on the tour and you're going to have a great time uh, and you're just sitting pretty and nothing could be better and nothing in the world could make you nervous you get a phone call from Bruce Springsteen <laughs> everything changes <laughs> yeah you become a like a teenager you know like a a, a sweaty teenager you know oh uh, Mr Mr Bruce <laughs> yeah even though like they know each other like well, they're that's both his Jersey idol. guys that's a pretty small yeah club. but like that's his idol yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. So we're talking <laughs> about when time, you're alone. We'll be direct from Bon Jovi. <laughs> We've tried to get off the Bon Jovi thing a few times. It just keeps coming back. We can't. So this song reminds me of, of, of Bon Jovi then. You'll see in a second. So first verse, times were tough. Love was not enough. So you said, sorry, Johnny, I'm gone, gone, gone. This is not the same Johnny who used to work on the docks. Or, or it might be. Who this knows? could have been back when he was working on the docks. Yeah. Might have been. You said my act was funny, but we both knew... What was missing, honey? So you let out on your own. Now that's uh, now that pretty form that you've got, baby. We'll make sure you get along. But you're gonna find out someday, honey. When you're alone, you're alone. When you're alone, you're alone. When you're alone, you're alone. When you're alone, you ain't nothing but alone. So it's pretty uh, bleak. Yeah, know, basically, she's striking out her own. She's like, I'm out of here, babe. I'm sorry. I gotta get out of here. You know, you're going to do all right, but you're going to find out one thing out there in that scary dark world. When you're alone, you're alone. Well, and that's that's a sucky sort of like proposition to like what 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 is basically being said here is you have these these people who are in this very unhappy relationship and one of them decides that that she can't take it anymore and she goes. And then the message as she leaves is like even if you're in a bad relationship, aren't you, aren't, basically he's making the case of if you're isn't it better to be in a terrible relationship than to be in no relationship at all? So, like, the, the argument that, that the narrator seems to be making is, like, I'd rather be miserable and not alone, 
you know, and because when you're alone, you're alone. Which is a, I mean, that's a real question that people have to ask themselves. Like, yeah. if anybody in a relationship that maybe needs to end, it, I mean, this is a real thing. This is a real meditation that, like, millions of people have, like, totally understand, which is, is it, like, am I better off being on my own and not in this toxic relationship? Or am I better off just staying because I don't want to die alone? You know, like, that's a real thing. Yeah. Like, lots and lots of people have had to, like, struggle with. So... Well, yeah. How many times has anybody had that? You know, you're free. You finally cut off the relationship that had been gone on for way too long, and you're kind of enlivened by it. You know, wow. That, all right, the tough part's behind me. It's over. That sucked, but you know, we're we're through it. And you're just like sitting there on your futon in your center block dorm room, and you just, then you think, now what? <laughs> yeah. And you realize, like, you haven't really hung out with your friends in a while because you've just been like really stuck in this really terrible relationship for a while and you really know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, this, we've, and we talked before about how this is Bruce's divorce album. And so like, it's one thing to go through that when you are in your twenties and you've never been married and like, you're still sort of younger, but like Bruce is at this moment, like not that young anymore. I mean, he's still young, but he's not like in his twenties anymore. He's married and he has, there has to be a part of him. That's like, what, what do I do? Like, because yeah, when, when, when a, yeah, because when, when someone who's in their twenties breaks up with somebody, it, it will, it, it creates some amount of disruption. Like maybe you lose some of your friends or maybe there's, you know, like you're, you can't, you can't keep going to the same movie theater anymore or whatever. But then if you're in your thirties or forties and you get a divorce, like your whole life implodes, you know, like you, you, you lose like what all the, all the things that once were normal are gone. You know what I mean? Like all your friends like took the side. It's possible that all of your friends took the side of the person who's no longer your partner. And, and now like you are like, you you are genuinely, truly alone. Like you have no social network, you have no support, you have no family members who are going to help you out here. It is you and the universe and that's it. And, and so I, I do sort of have to wonder if, if like this is so like, maybe this is because Bruce is writing from his own place of like where he is. I do wonder, is this, is this sort of the, the point of view that the narrator is articulating? Because, well, first of all, like he's telling the girl Okay, if you leave, you're alone, and when you're alone, you're alone. But I wonder if he's also telling himself because when she leaves, he's also gonna have to be alone, and that's terrifying. You know? Yeah. Because when you're alone, you are nothing. You ain't nothing but you alone. Ain't nothing but alone, which is very <sighs> bleak. That is, I mean, that is pretty reductive. And obviously, like, this is not a healthy way to think about, like, you know, no. n- like not being partnered. But I, I know that this is what it feels like when when somebody loses a relationship. That's that's one of my all-time favorite Bruce Springsteen lines. What when you're when you're alone, you ain't nothing but alone. That's like tattoo on your body, good. Yeah, it's very good. It's profound. Yeah. All right, verse two. Now I was young and pretty, and on the mean streets of the city. Also a good line. Yeah. And I fought to make him my home. With just a shirt on my back, I left and swore I'd never look back. And man, I was gone, gone, gone. Which, Which by the cool, way. This that that first half of that verse that has to be a callback to like the entire 1970s body of work that Bruce made, right? Like yeah. young, young and pretty on the mean streets. Oh, like, yeah. Does that not sound like? Does this bus stop at 87th Street? That's a reference Street? to every song of his first two records, right? So, so he's he's calling back to this image that all of his fans are familiar with, which is like the young, scrappy upstart, the guy who's trying to like leave town and start a new life. So he's like that. That is that is the image. That's the character he's calling back into the show. And then yeah. he, he continues. So go ahead. Sorry. And I love that. And man, I was gone, 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 mm-hmm. which resonates with when you're alone, you're alone. That's three times in the verse and yeah. in, in the course there. 
Um, but there's things that'll knock you down. You won't even see coming. Uh, very profound advice there. <laughs> yeah. And since you crawl on like a baby back home, you're going to find out that day sugar when you're alone, when you're, you ain't, you're alone, when you're alone, you're alone, when you're alone, you're alone, when you're alone, you ain't nothing but alone. So it's like the guy, the guy who got on the bus headed to 82nd street in 1973 has had like the hell kicked out of him. And now it's 1987. He's lived his life. He's gone through a lot of things, and now he's telling you, like, here's what I learned, and it's pretty bleak out there when you're alone. Because when you're alone, yeah. you ain't nothing but alone. Yes. Uh, yeah, in verse 3, I knew someday your running would be through, and you'd think back to me and you, and your love would be strong. You'd forget about the bad and think only of all the laughs that we had. Laughs. Oh, sorry, it sounded like I said laughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'd want to come home. Well, now it ain't hard feelings or nothing, sugar. That ain't what's got me singing this song. It's just nobody knows, baby, where love goes. But when it's gone, it's gone, gone. Um, which is another <laughs> super bleak and profound line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like you said you'd wait forever. I did say that, and I thought I would. Uh, but like four weeks later, man, nothing. <laughs> uh, and then that's it. When, when you're alone, you're alone. When you're alone, you ain't nothing but alone. Yeah, man. This song is, is, for as sad as this is, this is like required listening for every high school graduate about to go to college. (laughs) (laughs) This is profound. Uh, And I don't think it's, it's necessarily as bleak as it sounds. It's it like you said it a few times, like this is a question. This is a meditation that everyone has to have. Yeah. Um, It's not as, it doesn't necessarily have to be bleak. It is. But it is, um, it is. I was I was talking offline with you about this earlier. Uh, when when uh, my grill caught on fire this weekend in a way that grills aren't designed to catch on fire, uh, someone said you didn't panic. Why not? And I said, well, I have sort of this nihilistic streak that doesn't help me during the day, but in this moment, it's really great because it just says, well, that's either going to burn down or it's not. <laughs> and that's like that's what you have to once you have had this meditation. Like, well, I'm going to be alone or I'm not. That's just them's the facts this is how it is now and that this is a thing that the sooner you face it the the better off you are the sooner you choose to i'm not saying like if you're a child and you find out that when you're alone you're alone is good i'm just saying the sooner that you can consciously sort of face this as a meditation i think the healthier you can be whenever you know you find yourself alone yeah Uh, or facing the proposition of being alone yeah this is an articulation of what it feels like to be at rock bottom you know, like th- this is what makes this album a Hall of Fame breakup song or breakup album. You know, like, yeah, because because th- yeah, this is this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to to wonder if you will ever like find a meaningful relationship, and it's it, it is a little bit haunting because it it does sort of force people to ask the question: Do I have enough meaningful relationships? Am I? Is it possible that I'm more alone than I realize? Because yeah, th- I don't even think it's necessarily rock bottom though. It's just. Hey, is it is it gonna be rock bottom? Like, can you be alone? Because when you're alone, like everybody can be by themselves, but can you be alone? Because when you're alone, you're there. You ain't nothing but alone. But if can you, will you be okay? Like when you've made your bed and then you get into that bed, can you sleep in it? I mean, that ain't. I mean, the the line at the end of the song that ain't what's got me singing this song. It's just nobody knows, baby, where love goes. But when it's gone, it's go- or when it goes, it's gone, gone. When you're alone, you're alone. Like. It sounds like rock bottom to me. 
You know what I mean? If, if you are somebody who, who has, like most people, have some need for human connection, and that goes away, and you are realizing that, that like, there's no one you can call, and there's no one, like, if, if you choke on your dinner tonight, you're wondering to yourself, how long will it be before anybody finds me? Like, that's a, you know, like, that's a, that's a real dark place to go. So I think that that's a lot darker than where the song intends to go. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think that's exactly where the song goes. Because when you're yeah. alone, you ain't nothing but alone. It strips it strips the person totally bare of all the things that make make you intrinsically worthwhile. You know what I mean? It's it's the idea of yeah, I follow you. You know, it's it's and and I mean again, I don't agree with the argument that the song is making, but I don't think Bruce does either. I think I don't think he's making an argument so much as articulating an emotion, and the emotion is I'm alone. And when I'm alone, that's all I am. And it, it creates this sort of like, it, it's almost like I, like finding out that you live inside of a black hole, you know, like, and, and it's this, yeah. uh, just like the, the unending emptiness of the prospect of never like finding companionship or not, not even companionship, just like having no connection with anyone or with any group of people. And, um, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I and think especially... it's also a commentary, not just on like how many people are around, but I think it's also a commentary like on your internal world. Well, yeah. Like, can you live with that? Well, yeah, because that's what the, the whole album is, is sort of the wrestling with like what it, what it means to be partnered and what it means to be in love and what it means to no longer be in love and what it means to, to find yourself on the outside of a thing that you were once on the inside of. And the whole, you know... The, and and we talked before about how the album sort of rises and falls because the first half of the album is a little more like love song optimistic and then it um and then it begins to dip again once you get to tunnel of love and into brilliant disguise and 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 you end up here like this this song this is the lowest this album gets this song because in the next song it it rises again with Valentine's Day and so he leaves it he leaves the whole thing on a hopeful note, but Bruce is an honest enough artist to know, like, I can't go back to hopeful until I've looked, until I've reached to the very, very bottom of what I can access, you know? Yeah. And uh, and that's yeah. that's why Valentine's Day is so good, because it follows this song. And if you can write this song, and then after that, come out of it and talk about Valentine's when Valentine's Day is not like, it's not like bubbly, but it is hopeful. And so this song, this song is the, is where hope ends, and then Valentine's Day is where some sort of semblance of new hope begins again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So, uh, how many laughs did we have? have Rob? Uh, I'm going to say four. What about you? I'm four, man. What? Right in sync again, dude, we got to stop step. this. We got to stop meeting this way. Well, I mean, uh, last week we definitely, there was one where I was five and you, and you were three or two and a half. So <laughs> was that, uh, um, when the Saints when go the marching, Saints in. Go marching in. yeah, that was a cover. So you're like, when the Saints go marching in, you know, controversial take, not a great song. <laughs> <laughs> Quote verbatim. That's yeah. what he said. Go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> that may be in a uh, a slight miss. Uh, remembering that's a wild miscalculation of the way you gamed your rating. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, and it's a good thing we haven't we didn't record it, so you can't. You know, it should, should oh, be easy enough to yeah, figure out. Yeah, yeah, you. you can. And it's documented that that you did not say it was a bad song. <laughs> oh man! Well, thanks everybody so much for listening. But you did say that you thought that Bruce was pitchy, and that's why you gave it two and a half. Did I say that? 
you said that Bruce is pitchy and it sounded like him and his band didn't love each other. And that's why I gave it a two and a half. That is, I was going to say, I don't think, I don't know that I've ever used the, fr- I don't know that I've ever actually used the word pitchy in my life. I don't even know if I know exactly Just what it. that even means. You use the word, you use the word pitchy on uh, May 28th, 2019. <laughs> is that what day this is? Yes. Yeah, I, I had, a th- I was like, whew, we're getting really close to the date in this sentence, JB. You better get the date. You gotta- <laughs> Ah, it doesn't matter. Who knows? I mean, it's going to come out sometime in the future. Who, who cares what day it is? Um, anyway, so thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back in your feed next time with the song Where the Bands Are. Where are they? Well, we're going to have to spend some time looking, and then uh, we'll report back. So, yeah, Shep would say. We'll Shep would say, where is he? Can you translate that for us? Well, where is he? Where is he? Yeah, oh. he shrugs his shoulders, and he goes, where's? Where's? Where's she? Where's uh, he? He's he's not quite too. That's that's what <laughs> okay. When I, yeah, for for, for anybody us. who's new to the podcast, JB is talking about his uh, his one year old son, not like a it's, what? Like he's like uh, twenty three months old. Oh, sorry, sorry, twenty three almost. J- JB's twenty three month old son, not one, I, not I his one year old. Don't like son. when people talk about months after a year. I just. One doesn't quite characterize it because there's so much that happens between then and now. <laughs> yeah. And most people would be like, one year's old, saying, where is he? I don't buy it. <laughs> no, man, you we, never you never get too old to that. do that. I'm I'm four hundred and sixty months old, so that's you know, don't don't ever bring that up again. That no. So next time next time somebody refers to my <laughs> age, I'm gonna do just like you just did and say, Hey, listen, I'm four hundred and sixty months. Okay? Don't start talking about how I'm thirty eight years. I only know his months because uh, how many months old is he? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but he, I only know that because he is going to be two in June. Can I just tell you, this episode has been very long. And it isn't it's because we spent nice, all the time talking oh about this. Oh my gosh, it has been. I just looked at the time. Holy cow. It's like it's like a double album size, uh, size episode. And it's not because it's, we yeah. had a lot to say about the song. It's because we... We also did have a lot to say about the song. We just had a lot to say about Bon Jovi and how you count children's ages. Turns out JB's Adderall uh, is Tic Tacs. uh, (laughs) It is. (laughs) (laughs) The orange Tic Tacs. All right. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening. And please join us next time for Where the Bands Are. We will see you then.